always use your head. Hey everybody and welcome to Kurt's Angle Podcast, it's Kate Johansson and today bringing in another series of me delving into the Southeast Asia professional wrestling scene and what better way than having the statement Andrew Tang from Singapore Pro Wrestling with me. Andrew, thank you for joining. Thank you Kurt, thank you for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce myself, I'm the first ever pro wrestler of Singapore, the co-founder of Singapore Pro Wrestling, the Dasher of Dreams, the Destroyer of Destinies, the embodiment of Singapore Wrestling, the four-time <laughs> SPW Southeast Asia champion, the statement, Andrew Tang, yeah! What's up everyone? <laughs> Brilliant, ah, I love that. So from from the back, like, you can see you've got you've got the charisma there, you've got the look, you've got the in-ring ability. Um, but what made you want to be a professional wrestler? Well, uh, it's a dream ever since I was young. You know, I told myself, like, you know, at the point of time and growing up, you know, in Singapore, there wasn't a pro wrestling scene at all, you know. Yeah. Of course, yeah. when, uh, Singaporeans are very conservative. You know, parents, Asian parents, they just want their kids to have like a, a full-time job, become a lawyer, a doctor, a dentist, you know. It's kind of white-collar jobs, yeah. But uh, uh, for me, nah, you know, I always want to be something different. You know, uh, when I first started watching pro wrestling, I told myself this is something that I want to do and I have to do it. So I'm someone who actually, when, when I set goals for myself, I'll make sure I'll do whatever it takes to get to reach that, that goal and try to achieve that, my dreams. So, yeah, you know, I was always trying to find ways of how to get inside the pro wrestling business. Uh, you know, you know. so when I was, like, during my poly days, uh, there wasn't even pro wrestling, so I just tried to do, like, some physical sports, did a little bit of Muay Thai, then, uh, you know, try to build up my body, so I did, like, a uh, Dragon Ball thing. You know, yeah. Singapore, it's, yeah. it's quite popular, it's quite popular sport, so, you know, it's trying to help to build up my physique. And then, yeah, after uh, when, I come, um, when I came out from the army, Wadi from the army, and then I met my business partner at that point of time, he wanted to expand his business in Singapore. And then, yeah, that's how we started Singapore Pro Wrestling. Yep. Wow. Um, so when I was speaking to like Shukat, he was saying he looks at you guys as inspiration for a lot of his younger talent. To be like, look, you need to make sure you're looking the part. And that's something at Singapore Pro Wrestling, like you've embodied. Who who was it when when you was growing up like you looked at and you was like that's who I want to be like? Right. Uh, when I first started watching pro wrestling, you know, uh, I started watching pro wrestling year two thousand. So of course, uh, my inspiration would definitely be The Rock. You know, when I walking when I saw him walking down the ramp, the way he moves inside the ring, the way he cuts his promo, I'm like, hey man, that's the guy I want to be when I grow up. You know, because he's such a Huge inspiration. He's so charismatic, you know. Even though, like, you know, at that point of time, we were just like, you know, at that point of time, I was just like a simple wrestling fan. You know, I didn't really like watch too much wrestling. You know, they really understand a lot of the indie 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 wrestling. Because at the, I think at that point of time, there wasn't a lot of like, uh, you know, like, uh, I mean, wrestling wrestling was not very. I mean, it was not very, you know, accessible over through the internet. You have to watch through TV and everything. So at that point of time, we were just exposed to WWE, and of course, in WWE, you know, the wrestling is very simple, but you know, the rope makes it so amazing you know it just like just captivates me with his charisma and the way he moves yeah uh growing up definitely would be the rock and then uh my other idols would be like uh chris jericho and uh, ray mysterio ray mysterio because 
Obviously, you know, me and Rey Mysterio, we are pretty similar because we're not so tall, you know, but Rey Mysterio has a lot of heart and, you know, the way he moves inside the ring. At that point of time, nobody moves like him. At that point of time, nobody moves like him. Yeah, definitely huge inspiration as well, Rey Mysterio. So what was the feeling from your family where they wanted you to be doctor, lawyer? Like, the reason I was laughing is I interviewed Ho Holan uh, yesterday and yeah. he gave me the exact same answer where I was like, my parents, they they didn't want me to do wrestling. They wanted me to make money. And so, what are the um, what's their feeling about it at the moment? Hey, everybody! Apologies for the interruption. Just some technical difficulties, and here we are back with Andrew Tang. Well, initially, when they, when, I, when I first told them that I wanted to do pro wrestling, they were very skeptical because they were saying like they uh they don't want me to get hurt, and you know, first they as uh, Asian parents, they're always thinking like. Will you be able to make a living out of pro wrestling? Yeah, but um, you know, I proved to them, I showed them, you know, they come to my shows, they could see like, you know, how much dedication I put into my craft, how passionate I was to put in my craft. And you know, my shows are very successful. You know, initially when we first started, we only had about like 60 people in attendance or so. But right yeah. now, you know, we always get sold out shows, like 400, 500 people. And of course, like our production value is good. And of course, we bring in like, you know, big names from around the world. So yeah, I mean, uh, Pro wrestling is doing pretty well in Singapore, and of course, you can see like you know that it's my sure joy and happiness. You know, uh, when I whenever I step foot inside the ring, whenever I perform and organize an event, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, of course, you know, I'm not say like you know I'm making like big bucks from pro wrestling, but I mean, uh, the money is enough for me to sustain my expenses, my lifestyle, and of course, uh, you know, as long as I'm putting, uh, I'm putting the I'm paying for my bills and putting food on the table, I think they're pretty happy with it, lah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, good. So you mentioned you met your business partner and you started Singapore Pro Wrestling. Um, is that Vadim, is it? Yeah, Vadim. Vadim Korajin, yeah. yeah. So, so he's, the, he's the founder and the promoter of uh, IWF Russia. Yeah. yeah. So how did how did you meet him and how did that discussion of you two getting into business together to create Singapore Pro Wrestling? Right. Uh, so it was really funny when I told a lot of people about this story. Like, you know, after I ORD, I wanted to... You know, either like, either I sign on, extend my contract in the army, you know, yeah. that more savings, or I, you know, try to get over to Japan or Canada or US to try and, you know, just pursue my dreams and have a, you know, have a taste of pro wrestling. Yeah. But so I went online, I went to Google, yeah, pro wrestling schools in Singapore, even though I know, you know, at the point of time, uh, there's no pro wrestling school in Singapore, but, you know, who knows? You know, cross my fingers, suddenly something might appear. And boom, you know, suddenly I saw this like a uh, very shady uh, YouTube video about uh, a pro wrestling in Singapore. I'm like, what? And this, <laughs> and this narrator and commentator with a uh, very strong Russian accent. So yeah, I went to the YouTube channel and then basically like, you know, it shows like uh, the past videos of uh, IWF Russia and about, you know, him wanting to come to Singapore. So apparently at the end of the, the video, there was like a sign up link or whatsoever. So yeah, and there, was a, there was like a meeting place. So we went to like this meeting place. So uh, quite a number of people, so I think like 20 people attended the, the meeting place, you know, uh, the most uh, distinguishable uh, thing that I remember is like this guy, this kid brought his whole family down, you know, and then like, you know, Vadim was actually like explaining about pro wrestling and stuff like this, and then, you know, uh, the kid uh, with his parents and stuff, you know, started uh, talking about him, like thinking like it was like some full-time WWE contract kind of stuff, so it's like, okay, <laughs> that's okay, pretty interesting. Yeah, so eventually at the point of time, Vadim wanted to see like, um, you know, uh, the response from the Singaporean fans, whether you know, that it's feasible to start out a pro wrestling promotion. Yeah. yeah. 
apparently, yeah, there, there, there is there is a very huge response. So after eventually, you know, I talked to him. He wanted to expedite the process, so I helped him and stuff. He asked me and uh, whether I'll be involved in the company, whether I want to be a part of uh, the business with him. Uh, and of course, I said yes, because that's something I want to do. So yeah, that's how we first started. Uh, that's interesting, because yeah. as I was trying to do some of my research, I was trying to wonder, I was like, how does he partner with a Russian to create a company in Singapore? So I was like, <laughs> trying to work out how that had have come to be. And since yeah. then, like you've gone strength to strength. You've been getting a lot more people coming through training with yourselves. What's it been like, essentially, um, I said it to Shukat as the Malaysian godfather, but essentially you're the godfather of the Singapore wrestling scene. You've created that and you've been building it up, building it up to where you've been getting from 40 to 50 people to, like you said, 400, 500 people, some big international talent. So what's it been like seeing other Singaporeans coming through, wanting to train and then making it onto shows and making it an established wrestling scene? I mean, of course, this is a, it's a dream come true for me. Like, like obviously, like my main dream is to actually go in the WWE. But of course, like before the first step, you actually want to be in the mainstream promotion. You first need to, you know, know your roots. You know, you need to establish your grounds. You know, obviously, the first thing uh, for me to actually achieve my dreams to actually, you know, debut in a local show. And of course, yeah. it's like the same thing for uh, the other wrestlers right now, the aspiring wrestlers in Singapore right now, because now there's a place for them to actually try to live their dreams. You know, they don't have to risk it all, you know, heading to overseas, you know, uh, say, you know, work a lot, get a lot of savings to go to another country. Because, you know, sometimes uh, when you, you want, wanting to do something and actually doing it, it's very different because sometimes, you know, I've seen a lot of guys, you know, they, they send me emails, they send me messages, I say, hey, I want to be the next Triple H, I want to be the next The Rock, you know, I won't let you down, blah, blah, blah. And then when they, they step foot inside the promotion, you know, they, they come for a free trial session, then, you know, it's just like maybe half an hour and then they say like, uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I don't think pro wrestling is uh, something for me. Uh, I need to go to the toilet and then they don't come back, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just like that. So, imagine if, let's say, you know, you, you work really hard and then, you know, you save a lot and then you get like a visa, a student visa to another country, let's say in Japan or so. And then, you know, you just get experience, you experience like half an hour of uh, pro wrestling training over there and then you quit. Yeah, it's not very <laughs> good, right? At least in Singapore. Yeah, I mean, if you quit, okay, you can, you can just uh, hit back to your family, hit back home and still live your life. But, I mean, of course, if you come to Singapore Pro Wrestling, you know, you train hard and, of course, the next step is definitely to actually debut. I mean, it's just a wonderful feeling because I remember when my first experience stepping foot inside the ring, just go, going through the gorilla position, it's a dream come true for me. So that's something that, you know, uh, I want to create for yeah. inspiring wrestlers in Singapore, you know, uh, for them to achieve their dreams, to have that the feel-good feeling because, you know, everyone's goals is different like for me. My goal is to be an international star to build my name around the world. But some guys just want to debut, just want to wrestle in Singapore, just build their name around Singapore. So, of course, we set goals accordingly uh, to what they want. Yeah. Yeah. So, who is it that stepped through the door that's impressed you in that? Um, when you think of the people you've helped train and helped bring through in Singapore, who is it that you're proud of? Of course, uh, it's uh, my two. Can, I say two. can I say two names? Can I give two names? <laughs> yep, do no it. Problem. Yeah, definitely would be uh, Traxxas and Lexus Lila. So these two, uh, to me, they are like my, my kids or my brothers and sisters. Because, <laughs> you know, when uh, when I first started pro wrestling, both of them were really young. So I see them, uh, I mean, FPW has been around for eight years. So when they first started wrestling, they were like 15 or 16 years old. Yeah, so yeah. I really like trained them hard from scratch, you know. Like at the point of time, you know, I was really, really harsh. Like, you know, like maybe first four years in pro wrestling, three, four years of pro wrestling, I always believed in uh, tough training, you know, so yeah. 
toughness or you know, whenever they don't do something well or just you know, just go out and fuck them. But you know, at the end of the day they are really doing very, very well. Like I think Traxxas the Traxxas and Lexington, the three of us, we we were we we got the honor, the distinguished honor to actually like represent Singapore in the WWE tryout. So it's something that we always remember, like and of course uh I think the W the WWE guys were really impressed with uh the two of them as well. Yeah. yeah. They were really impressed with Traxxas because Traxxas is is uh you know, he's so much potential. He's only like twenty three, I think so, or yeah. twenty four this year. Yeah, he's tall, he's huge, he can move so fast, he's uh he's just he's just like a sponge and so much he's so much talent in him. So yeah, I'm really very proud of him. Alexis Lee, Alexis Lee is good, she has very good heart. Um she she tries to put her name out there, she works hard every single time, you know, to just uh, to support a dream, believe her dream. So she doesn't she doesn't give up. So yeah, I mean like she doesn't fit the mold of a typical uh female pro wrestler, you know, because she's very skinny and all. Yeah, but she definitely has the heart. And sometimes, you know, it questions me, you know, because sometimes, you know, when she trains with the guys, you know, we yeah. tend to do a lot of like, big moves on her. Man, she's like a rubber band, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't get injured somehow <laughs> or other, you know, like we throw her around, we give her like big, huge moves and stuff. Yeah, but she doesn't really get injured. So that's really <laughs> no, cool. Okay. So I'm really, really proud of both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So as you're going through your career, you've been traveling around the place and You've worked a few different companies. You was doing the Hong Kong promotion um, under, I think, the Zero One banner. What was yeah. it like once you've started wrestling in Singapore, but then you're starting to get these other opportunities to go to Japan? I know you worked uh, Gato Move and uh, K Dojo as well. And when New Japan came over to Singapore, you worked one of the dark matches on their event. Like, What's it been like when... You first started getting contact from other companies that have noticed you and was like, actually, we want to bring you to our country to wrestle. Right, right. Yeah, um, of course, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a remarkable feeling. Like, I always remember your, I always remember my first uh, international company that I worked with, and that would be Hong Kong Pro Wrestling, uh, Hong Kong Wrestling Federation. Of course, I really have to thank Ho Loon for this, for that wonderful opportunity. Yeah. He gifted in me, you know, at that point of time, he was so green. I remember me, Afi, uh, no, sorry, me, Kenneth, and Afi, yeah, we were so green. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we went over to Hong Kong. We don't know what we what to expect because you know in HKWF they have been around for like longer than us at the first yeah. time. Maybe maybe four years and because the uh, this year's their tenth their tenth year, like yeah. for, for eight years, eight years. So of course they have much more experience, and of course their their wrestling style is really different. Because like you know in uh, the wrestling style. Over there, it's more towards the Japanese style of wrestling. So, of course, Koko is a very tough trainer. So, you know, the way he, the way he plans matches and stuff like this is very different from how we do it in Singapore. Yeah, so we were very green. We went over there. Yeah, I wouldn't say, like, the match was very, very fantastic. But, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I will always remember my first line. You know, he didn't, he didn't give up on me. He believed in me. And then, you know, um, I think the fans like me because, you know, I, I think I have a really unique look because, you know, I may not be as tall and big, but you know, uh, I'm short, but I'm jacked, and you know, I yeah. do a lot of like all moves and stuff. So it's really interesting. So yeah, he believed in me. I came down again in 2014, and then that was the year when I got the, I had the championship opportunity, and I won the title. So my first, uh, pro wrestling, a major pro wrestling title, and of course to be the face of the company, uh, you know, uh, for Hong Kong Wrestling Federation, it's a huge thing for me, lah. So of course I will always remember HKWF, and it will always have a special place in my heart. Yeah, because yeah. it's a good feeling, and so from then on, you know, doors opened for me. You know, I started wrestling in uh, other countries like Thailand, Malaysia, uh, China, yeah, Australia, yeah, and of yeah. course, uh, 
actually Japan as well. So yeah, it's a dream come true for me. Huge no, feeling. good. So how do you how do you adapt to those styles? Because like you said, Hong Kong, they're a lot more like the Japan style. If you go to Japan, yeah. that is purely the Japan style. But then if you go to Australia or Malaysia, it might be a different style of pro wrestling. So how do you adapt in terms of like your character and your work in the ring to suit that audience? Of course, uh, as a pro wrestler, you got to be versatile because uh, a lot of pro wrestlers or a lot of my students, you know, they always just want to do one particular set of style. You know? yeah. They always think like, yes, uh, I, need to be a, I need to be this character, I always have to be this character. But they don't understand that when they, when they actually wrestle in different countries, you need to adapt and be different. Like, like what you said, like, you know, in Hong Kong or in Japan, you know, uh, the style is more towards the Japanese style of wrestling, there's a lot of striking involved, a lot of fighting spirit involved. Yeah, so you just basically have to do that style. What you have to do is, you know, just listen to the promoter, what the promoter, how the promoter booked you in the match, you just have to do it. Because, you know, you got to make the cut, you got to make the cut unique, you're going to make the cut special because at the end of the yep. day, it's a business. And you have to listen to your boss. Technically, the, when you go over to another country, the promoter is your boss. And of course, you're going to make them happy. And of course, the, the most important thing is, it doesn't matter what kind of style you wrestle, the most important thing is to actually leave a statement on everyone's mind, hence the name, the statement. Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, like sometimes, you know, um, if let's say you think like, you know, if the promoter wants you to do a comedy match, just do a comedy match. You know, you just got to always adapt and be different. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the character work as well. You know, like uh, whenever I go to Thailand, I I am always in heel, you know, because uh, <laughs> I'm or rather, I don't know, I just, uh, you know, uh, you know, the fans know me as a heel and of course, they love my heel work. So yeah, when yeah. I go there, I just go all out as a heel, especially in Hong Kong as well. I remember when my first title win, I was such an asshole that when I won the title, <laughs> one, two, three, the fan just walked out the arena. Can you imagine that? It's crazy. Yeah, that is so crazy. Like, uh, even in Thailand as well, uh, that time, uh, I think like for a couple of months in Singapore, I was like playing this baby face, anti-hero kind of stuff. Yeah, so uh, when the promoter says like, hey, you're in Thailand, just go full out here. So, uh, <laughs> it was a tag match between me and Traxxas. I mean, Traxxas and me were tag, uh, tag partners and the onslaught. Yeah. So we went for the match, we did the match, we did so much heelish antics. And then uh, to make matters worse, at the end of the at the end of the show we were supposed to like you know, I'm supposed to hit the champion with the belt shot. So somehow or rather like I think the belt was really heavy or they have sharp edges. <laughs> I caught the champion with the belt, yeah, he started bleeding. So it was really bad because it's supposed to be a family friendly show and like uh, Imi Sakura, she was so angry. I'm like, Oh <laughs> shit, oh my god, went all out. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Emi Sakura is not somebody you're wanting to um, disappoint. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, of course. What's your interactions with uh, Sakura been like? Has she helped you with either your wrestling style or your promoting? Or Yeah, of course she helped me. Uh, she's one of the, the figures that helped me in the, in the wrestling business. They helped me in the wrestling industry. I mean, she helped me with a lot of uh, bookings in Japan as well. You know, yeah. uh, being able to work in Kaintai Dojo. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, she, she allowed me to train in Kaintai Dojo and tra- uh, train in Gatomu pro wrestling as well. Yeah, and of course, like her training so really tough. Yeah. A lot of uh, body balance and stuff, a lot of uh, gymnastic work, a lot of good psychology. And yeah, I'm so impressed with the girls. You know, the girls in, uh, from Gotham Workers, I trained them. And I'm like, wow, they're moving so fast. You know, from the speed, it's amazing. And the technique is so good. And yeah, Sakura is really a good teacher. I mean, Sakura is a good teacher because she will really drill you. And if you're not doing well, she's very straightforward. She doesn't like you, you know. Uh, and then you would say, oh, you're doing quite well. She says, no, why? Why are you not doing this? And she, she will make sure 
but you know she will go all out to make sure you do it well. Yeah, she's she's a really uh, amazing individual, amazing human being, and of course, um, I have so much respect for her, and I thank her for where I am right now as well. Yeah. Oh no, that's great to hear. And one thing that I've noticed through your company is you. What you do work in relationships, you work with loads of different companies. For example, um, you recently worked uh, Shukat with NYPW, where you dropped the belt to Shukat and he's like double champion there. You've worked OWE, you've done some crossover stuff with IWF or Dragon Gate. Is it important for you to be working with all these different companies? Of course, it's really important for me to work with all these companies because basically it's to actually put the name out there, to put SPW's name out there, to put my name out there, to put my boy's name out there, you know, put Singapore on the flag as well. Like, I think like the biggest show to date that we ever worked with is the OWAEW show, you know, where I managed to get Kenny Omega down. Yep. It's Kenny Omega, oh my God. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, and obviously like, uh, it's not the end, of course, like uh, Kenny expressed interest like he wants to come down and wrestle in Singapore because he knows that the Singapore fans are very passionate. So it's amazing. It's amazing experience, you know, when you wrestle in the SPW arena, you whenever you wrestle in Singapore because the fans they just eat it up. They're so hungry for wrestling. They so want wrestling, and they are so passionate, and they just go crazy. So yeah. like a lot of wrestlers, even all all the oh, actually ninety five percent or actually hundred percent all the international wrestlers that come to Singapore, they say that that it's such a it's such an amazing experience because the fans. It's a very easy crowd to work with. They just, yeah. they, whatever you do, they just go crazy. So, yeah, it's, it's awesome, you know. And of course, that is something that I want to, you know, create for them as well, you know, for, because, you know, I believe in a piece of word of mouth. So, if, even though if I give them a good experience in Singapore, if I host them well, you know, they're going to go back to the country, they're going to tell their friends, they're going to tell the other wrestlers around the world, like, how good SPW is, how good Singapore so yeah, my job is done, and that's why it's so important to get that kind of relations. Because you know, you know, never know at the end of the day. Sometimes, uh, you, they, you might need their help to get bookings overseas, and you know, you might be, they might be your future colleagues. Like, you know, the the funny story was, uh, I met Pete Dunn, uh, in Hong mm-hmm. Kong, yeah, before he was uh, the bruiserweight. Yeah, yeah. So in the point of time when I was I was wrestling in Hong Kong, I saw him. I said, I got blown away by his uh, Peter Ann because his finisher yeah. was like. Wow, man, this initial, this guy is really unique, and his initial is really unique. Hey, I certainly hope I can book him in Singapore. So, maybe like after that, you know, he made a WWE, he became a very big star, you know, yeah. in the UK. And yeah, then one of the days, I remember like, one of the events, I wanted to uh, book Tajiri, but at the point of time, you know, Tajiri was busy. So, like, hey, let's see, how should I book? Who should I book? And then, like, just drop a text to Pete Dunn and say, hey, yeah, you know, yeah, I wanted to come down. And, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> Because you actually faced Pete Dunne in that match, like what was that? What was that like? Um, stepping across the ring from Pete Dunne, like obviously, what you said when you met him, it was before the Bruiserweight stuff, and it was his tour in Asia where he came back, and I think he'd been in China, and he came back with this Bruiserweight gimmick, and right. started using it in Red Pro, and then started using it in Progress, and then got picked up by WWE to the point the Bruiserweight gimmick that was born in Asia is now copyrighted by WWE. And then he comes back to Asia, goes to Singapore Pro Wrestling, and you're stepping across the ring. What was that like? That was an amazing experience, definitely. You know, like, uh, quite mind-blown, quite mind-blown. Yeah, uh, it's quite a mind-blowing experience, you know. Uh, and, of course, uh, that match I had with Pete Dunne is definitely one of the highlight matches of my career because, you know, I'm 
actually facing a bona fide WWE star, you know, and uh, mm. of course at the point of time he was the NXT UK, uh, was the UK champion and, you know, uh, it's a different experience for me is to actually see where I stand, you know, against like a, a WWE star and of course, yeah, I, I think hope I didn't disappoint and I think I didn't disappoint, you know, if you watch my match, I think I managed to, oh, oh I mean, I, pretty, I think I put on a good fight, a pretty good yep. fight against uh, yeah, uh, that was definitely a big experience for me. I learned so much from working with him. Yeah, and yeah, of course, I uh, certainly hope that I'll be able to have another match with him again. And of course, this time I'll produce uh, maybe a seven-star classic. I would say that my match with him was a four-star classic, but uh, <laughs> we have more time to plan. And now, you know, since I had the match with him really, you know, understand his playbook and all. Yeah. I think that would be, if let's have another match with him, be my third match with him because we had a second match as well, the six-man tag match. Yeah. And yeah, so obviously, yeah, I want to have another match with him, another good opportunity with him, and of course, uh, I don't want to disappoint the fans. Yeah. Yeah. So, did he give you any advice after that? Like, what what was his expressions of wrestling in Singapore? Uh yeah, same thing. Like, uh, he's really impressed with the Singapore crowd. Uh, he gave me good advice as well. Uh, he told me that I was a good worker. You know, keep it up. You know, just uh. I, I think he told me in Texas, I remember we were having uh, some, uh, we were at a water theme park, you know, and yeah. he was telling me, like, yeah, he, like uh, telling me in Texas, like, we have a lot of uh, potential, and, you know, just go out there, get our name more, uh, work more matches, work more different styles. Yeah, and then eventually, yeah, he, uh, we, are, we are going on the right track, la. so, uh, yeah. you know, of course, we listen to his advice and stuff, because I think Pete Dunn had a training seminar with us, and the way he trains us is really different. The way... His thinking is very different. The way he thinks of wrestling psychology is very, very different. Like, I remember, like, he, he, he told us, right, he told the trainees, like, why my match with him was good is because it was, like, a real fight. So, yeah. actually, if you watch our match, right, like, usually, like, most matches, you know, most wrestling matches, when you first start the match, you know, the face will go around walking like the ring, doing all this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. In a real fight, you watch, you watch UFC, you watch 1FC, you don't see fighters yeah. doing that, right? Yeah. So, so I mean the way he, he he the way he thinks is really different. So yeah, that's why I mean, when when me and him when we first step inside the ring, it's always just that that intensity, you know, that the emotion that you know that we just like the, the thing is like my face was trying to kill him. You know, it exit like you know it's like a real fight. So that's the the take home point uh, they told us. Yeah. And of course, like the way he thinks is very different. He doesn't really believe in face or heel. Like he says, like you see, like um, pop culture, you know, like. No face or heel, you see, like uh, all comics, you know, like the Joker, you know, why is the Joker, like, the Joker sometimes is a little bit face, a little bit heel, or, you know, like, even, like, if you just can translate to, like, USC, Conor yep. McGregor, no? <laughs> not really a face, not really a heel, so, yeah, so that's why, you see, I think that's how his character is being evaluated, yeah, yeah. because now, right now, like, I remember the other time when um, Coach Bloom came down to Singapore, he told us, like, right now, WWE, it's the reality era, yeah, so, you know, reality, you know, sometimes no face will be no right or wrong. Yeah. Um, what was the best thing you learned from Coach Bloom then? Well, the best thing that I learned from Coach... The best thing I learned from Coach Bloom would definitely be uh, the camera is always about you. No, it's about the face, like, it's about the yeah. emotions. Like, you just really got to be over the top. You're really got to be over the top because, you know, uh, when we were in uh, Shanghai, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of cameras on us. So yeah, he says like, he just keep emphasizing that, you know, showing the facial expressions is really important because that's what Vince McMahon wants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, and of course, like, uh, he says like, 
uh, you know, sell. Selling is so important. Like even even during training, just like in Japan, sometimes we do drills. You don't sell. You know, just put like bam, 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 yeah. get up. But the WWE style is very different. Each time you take a bump, you need to sell, recover, sell, bump, sell, recover. Slightly yeah. different style. Yeah, and it's just to try and get that repetition so that selling will become second nature to you to make sure once you're actually in front of the crowd because you're so used yeah. to doing it in the training, you're going to be bringing that in front of the audience. So I want to kind of go back a little bit. You mentioned the OWE crossover show and you had a six-man tag match. You had Shima, you had Shaolin Monk, and then you had arguably the best in the world in Kenny Omega. What was? How did that happen? Like, how did... Kenny Omega and OWE doing that show with yourselves. How did that come about? Oh right. Uh, so apparently that uh, apparently like uh, I was wrestling in Japan with uh, with Sima, you know, because uh, Sima invited me for the uh, OWE Japan show. Yeah. So um, at the point of time, uh, I think they wanted to do uh, a tour. So uh, Japan, Taiwan, and Singapore. Yeah. Right, so yeah. Uh, so that was after the WWE trials. I remember, yeah, like uh, we were in the airport waiting for to board our plane and we transit. Not really transit, like we were just like having a you know a lunch before we we're gonna board the the plane. And then you know I received a message from Sima, and then he says like, oh, would you like to be interested to do a uh, a tour, OW tour, SPW, Japan, Taiwan, and Singapore, and then uh. The big star might be Kenny Omega. So immediately I put Texas and electricity, and my face was like. Three of us were like, <laughs> really? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so apparently, like, I mean, the deal, you know, managed to get through. Managed to get the deal. Everything got settled. Yeah. Uh. So it was a big feeling. So, so apparently, like, Texas and me, we were we were doing a tour. I think it was uh Thursday night or Friday night. I really can't remember. So we were in Japan. Yeah. We saw we saw Kenny Omega. I think it was a week before. I really can't remember to check the date. Yeah. Yeah. So like, oh cool. Uh, I was gonna work with you. You know, it's not such an awesome feeling. Yeah. And after that, I think we went to Taiwan, and then uh, after that, like two days later, one day later, oh, actually one day later, yeah, uh, I had to pick him up at the airport. So yeah, it was definitely a great feeling to have Kenny Omega down in Singapore. Yeah. And obviously, like yeah, I mean, um, like I always believe, you know, as a host, it's uh, very important to show my guests. A, a good time, and of course, like Kenny, enjoy his time in Singapore. So obviously, we'll be coming back for more. Yeah. yeah. So it was yourself, Trexus, and Butcherman that was in the match. But how was it? Like Shima's fantastic, anyways. He like his talent in the ring is unquestionable. But to be in the ring with Omega, like how how did that match play out, and how was it like working with Omega? Wow, it's uh, it's, ex- it's definitely an experience as well. It's definitely an experience as well. I mean, uh, the way he the way he plans the match, the way he thinks, is just so fast. Yeah, it's just so fast. And um, I think you can actually watch closely the way why is Kenny Omega's match so different. It's because of the pacing. You yeah. know, like he will, he will go so fast. You hit the move so deliberate, and then he will stop for a while and he'll go for his next move. It's really different because the. the Usual, usual indie wrestlers pacing is just like boom, 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 or like slow, fast, slow. But Kenny Omega is a different level. Yeah, so you can really learn so much from him. Like, you know, especially uh, if you watch near the end, maybe doing all the waterfall finishes. So he was, he, he hit like, uh, he hit the, the V trigger on uh, Butcher. Yeah. Before he goes for his 
vaccination. Yeah, so she just hit the B trigger and it will just stop. It will just stop in the middle of the match. And like, wow, it's just like a moment in time. Like you just press pause in the video game and everybody, and you just like mute the reaction. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's something that can learn from me. The way he sells and everything. You know, Kenny Omega is so animated. You know, when he sells. Selling is so important. That's, that's, that's one thing that a lot of wrestlers, they don't do. You don't sell so much. Yeah. Uh, to, to me, I feel like it's better to oversell than not to sell. You know, like, yeah, to undersell. But Kenny Omega selling is so, so good. Like, you yeah. use every single thing. Like, you know, when he hit him in the face, he hit him in the face, he was just like, the emotions, uh, clinching his face, clinching his, clinching his jaw, hitting the turnbuckle, his head, and stuff like this. Yeah, all these small things make it so special. You know? yeah. yeah, that's something that I want to learn. You know, and of course, like, uh, of course, uh, after having the match with him, you know, I took back that. I mean, I took back the learning point, and of course, I implemented that in my match as well. The matches as well, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned Kenny said he'd love to come back. Obviously, since then, AEW has been skyrocketing. They've they've set the foundation and things like that. Is AEW something you'd be interested in? I know you mentioned WWE. Um, that was your goal when you first got into wrestling. But AEW, they're like a new game in town at the moment. And they've been embracing all these different cultures, as we've seen with Emi Sakura and we've seen with Rio and Hikaru Shida. And even Shima and the OWE boys, when they was using those, um, is that something that you would look at? I think right now, yeah. I think it's definitely AEW is something that I'll look up to because I feel as much as I love WWE and as much as it's my dream to wrestle with WWE, I feel that the wrestling style, the wrestling psychology is always fixed. You know, as a small guy, they want you to be the small guy who gets thrown around. You know, they don't want you to be the small guy who is able to live a huge guy, you know, but you know, it's I, I I don't know because for me, I always want to stay true to myself. You know, I, I feel that you know, even though I'm small, I'm short, but hey, I'm Jack, and you know, I can do stuff inside the ring, and of course, I'm going to show this what I can do inside the ring. You know, uh, I think I believe that if let's say I wrestle the AEW, you know, they will accept me for who I am, they will embrace me for who I am, they will embrace my wrestling style because yeah. for me, I believe that the most important thing is about you know staying true to yourself. You know, like it. You know, just go out there. You know, show the fans how much heart you have, how much character you have. You know, uh, getting the fans to like you for who you are. That's yeah. the most important thing. And I believe uh, at this point of time, I believe AEW is the the place where you know that can embrace me, lah. Yeah, for who yeah. I am. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And so you mentioned the different things you learned from Omega inside the ring. Is there any advice that he gave you after the match or whether it's in terms of promoting, in terms of being in the ring? Was there anything else that you've took away from that and that's improved your promoting or wrestling? Um, I think not much. Actually, he just told, he told us that we all can wrestle, we have uh, we all can work well in the ring. You know, he, he, gave us, he didn't really give us a lot of advice, but it's all pretty good. He just, I think he just told me about the spine buster. La. Yeah, he just told me like, you know, it's a little bit dangerous when I took the spine buster. But actually, I think it was pretty safe. It's just that he, he told us, if let's say this, uh, if any of us had, uh, I'm sure of taking a move, just ask. That's all. That's, that's yeah. the only advice he gave to us. La. But everything other than that, it's all okay. And of course, he told uh, I me mean, like, uh, of course, he commented about the Shaolin Monk. La. It was crazy when he did the shooting star first. And like, boom, yeah. oh, and Kenny Omega <laughs> was like, Okay. Yeah, so like the following day, we're talking about the Shaolin Monk the whole entire day as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I guess it's a good lad. He has a lot of potential. Yeah, Shaolin Monk. It's just a shooting yeah. press. So, what's your 
Like, what's your um, goal with Singapore Pro Wrestling? And do you think it's important for all these other companies, like smaller, whether it's Philippines, Malaysia, Vietnam, Thailand, to be working together? Yeah, um, definitely. You know, the Southeast Asia Pro Wrestling scene is so small. I believe, like, it's important to stay united. You know, it's important to stay united because there's so much, there's so many talented wrestlers in Southeast Asia, you know, in the MWF, in PWR, in uh, Setup Pro Wrestling, in uh, Top Dojo, yeah, in uh, uh, Saigon Pro Wrestling as well. So I think it's all important to, it's very important for all of us to come together, um, you know, to show the world what Southeast Asia Pro Wrestling can be, uh, you know, yeah. in 10, 10 years ago, there wasn't a Southeast Asia Pro Wrestling team, yeah. So we all just have to be like that. And of course, the main aim is to actually have a Southeast Asian wrestler to actually, you know, perform the big leagues. Uh. Doesn't matter whether it's New Japan, WWE, or AEW. You know, that's the main goal. Uh. Of course, that will set, uh, you know, a lot of that, that will create a create lot of uh, doors of opportunities for everyone in Southeast Asia and in Singapore as well. Now, uh, my main aim for SPW is, of course, to, to make it like a very established promotion in Singapore. Yeah. And around uh, around the world as well, you know, they need to actually like have TV tapings, you know. I mean, a man can dream, right? I mean, of course, to make uh, pro wrestling uh, entertainment staple in Singapore, like, you know, you just want to turn on the TV and you are able to see like uh, pro wrestling. And of course, yeah. like, most of my pro wrestlers, uh, you know, um, you know, maybe become um, local celebrities. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. So... With that being in mind, there was some rumours that was going around that NXT were in talk, well, WWE was in talks with a few different Japanese companies and different few Japanese trainers to potentially set up an NXT Japan brand or NXT Asia, similar to what they've done here in the UK. What what would your thoughts be on that? Do you think that would be good for um, the Asian wrestling scene or do you think it would take away from some of the companies? I think if they're able to recruit Southeast Asian wrestling, uh, Southeast, Southeast Asian wrestlers, that would be good for Southeast Asian wrestling. Uh, but uh, I don't think it would be so good for Japanese wrestling. Yeah, because Japanese wrestling is pretty unique. You know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of uh, talented wrestlers in Japan. And of course, um, how do I say this? Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, WWE, they might get a lot of top talents from around yeah. Japan into their promotions, NXT, and then that will, in a way, uh, cause damage to yeah. uh, their own promotions, and of course, it will definitely affect the Japanese pro wrestling scene. Lah. So, yeah, that's all I can say. That's all <laughs> I can say. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So... Obviously, it must be encouraging for you. You briefly touched upon it with the WWE tryout um, when they went, to, when they came in. How how does that feel? The fact that WWE are now doing more seminars and more tryouts in the Asian market. I think it's good. I think it's good. I think I think that uh, at least you know we have this uh, opportunity to present ourselves. You know, this uh, it was a goal that you know I worked hard for. Like. You know, when I first started pro wrestling four or five years, you know, to actually get the eyes, get the yeah. eyeball of WWE. Yeah, and of course, uh, we managed to do that. Nah. And 
Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, SPW will definitely be under the, the WWE radar. So, you know, they came to our shows, and of course, they're really impressed with our talent. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, you can say there's a next trial, I have to send some of my guys over there. Yeah, so, yeah, it's good, it's good. It's a good yeah. thing. It's a very positive thing. Yeah. So, what's the, what's the immediate goal for you, then? Do you want to keep growing in Singapore? Do you want to go wrestle more in like Australia, maybe the UK? Before you get to that journey in that end of WWE goal, what do you want to do in between that? Uh, for me, it's to get even more experience. Even yeah. more experience. Like, maybe my next goal will actually be, be I don't know, a couple of months in Japan. You know, yeah. My company is still running, you know, I feel a couple of months in Japan. Uh, work a lot of matches, do a lot of training. Yeah, enjoy Japan. Yeah, that's it. You know, maybe try to work as much, work as many promotions over there as possible. Yeah, yeah. just try to go the world out. Of course, it would be who knows, maybe the UK, maybe in uh, Mexico, and maybe eventually the USA. Lah. Yeah. So because uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure of the the results of the WWE yet. So um. But, you know, if let's say I don't, I, I'm not able to get into WWE, you know, it's not, WWE is not the B-O-N-O because there are so many yeah. different promotions. Uh, as long as you put your name out there, you work hard. It's a matter of time, you know. Yeah, because yeah. the most important thing for me is what I want to do is just to wrestle and entertain the fans. So it doesn't matter which promotion, every which country I am. The most important thing to, you know, leave an impressionable statement on everyone's mind and make a statement and let everyone feel that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no good so obviously we mentioned omega we've mentioned being in the ring with pete dunn mentioned winning titles in hong kong what else is like when you look back at your career what's some of your like top moments and where you look back and think i'm proud of that I think definitely my match with Tractors as well. My match yep. with Tractors, that, that was in Unchained in Changi. Uh, you can actually take, take a look at uh, the match uh, on the YouTube channel. Yeah, it's actually one of the best matches that, one of the best matches that I ever had. Uh, because uh, it was a really special night for me at Tractors because we were in the main event. And uh, that was the night where WWE came down from scouting. Yeah, yep. scouting. Um, Funny stories that uh, I think on the second pay-per-view that we really had a uh, crew, you know, Tractors and me, we had a fantastic match, but we won the we won in the main event. Yeah, so you know, we told ourselves like, hey, hey, I was telling him like next time, eventually a few years down the road, we'll definitely main event. We'll make sure we we'll steal the show. Yeah, and then it happened. It happened in Anchin and Changi, and there was so much emotion going through inside the match, and that we, I mean, we both gave our all. And of course, uh, Kenyon Freeman, you know, uh, the head yep. of uh, the Mid-Time Development, yeah, he was really impressed with the both of us. Yeah, so it was a fantastic, fantastic experience like, to actually get, you know, caught up at WWE. It was a very, it's a feel-good moment. And, yeah, I mean, you know, this be one of the career highlights for me. Like. Uh, my other matches, uh, I think... I. Quite like the intergender tag match, the six man intergender tag match. Yep. So it's onslaught and Mika Saiki versus uh, the Horrors and Mizuki. Yeah, it was really a fun match. And of course, uh, I think the best fit for a female wrestler to join Team Onslaught would be Mika Saiki. Yeah. You know, she's pretty jacked. You know, she's small and she's pretty jacked. And yeah, I mean, like the three of us, we had really good chemistry together. And I think that match was quite, 
fantastic. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you can you can be the judge. You can watch the match and see a review. But I think it was it was a fun and interesting match, and you know, it showcased the female uh, Joshi the way they wrestle, yeah. and of course, we showcase uh, talent from the horror and also as well. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! Uh, so- and I think the one other match that is really special would be my match with Hima. Yeah, because she definitely can learn a lot from Hima. <laughs> Actually, I think it's the one in the KL Kuala Lumpur uh, against Hima and Masa Takanashi. Yeah, it was yeah. it was really fantastic because you know I've learned so much from the both of them. Both of them are, are masters their own different wrestling style. So yeah, to actually to work with them and get the experience from them, wow, yes, amazing. Yeah. Is there anybody coming up that you want that you want to face? Obviously, that may be available to come to Singapore, or if you go to Japan, is there anybody on that list where you're like that's the person I want the match with? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, actually. I, I I don't know man. Like right now, let me see. Let me see. Maybe okay. Maybe in maybe maybe one of the UK guys. I'm not sure. Maybe I I don't know. Again, Tyler Bate or something. Yeah. Uh, That's brilliant. With, uh, or maybe I can work with Trent Seven as well. Because initially yeah. I wanted to work with Trent Seven as well. Yeah, but uh, somehow or other. Yeah, because it's scheduling, we can't do it. Yeah, actually, we are, I'm also still in talks with uh, Trent Simmons, so maybe we might be doing like a special course show or something. I'm, I'm not sure, but we, we actually have to see the, the situation and how the whole this pandemic, yeah. you know, how we get over this pandemic, yeah, so we can start like doing all these course international shows as well. Yeah, so maybe yeah, I definitely want to try myself against Trent Simmons or Tyler Bates, one of the UK guys, yeah, one yeah. of the original British strong style guys. Yeah, we uh, are. <laughs> It'd be pretty interesting to learn from yeah. them. Yeah. So bring some Singapore strong style to it. <laughs> Singapore strong style. Yeah. We throw the, <laughs> the durian, we throw the rojak, we throw the laksa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you were to try and... So with this, it's kind of like trying to spotlight all the different wrestling scenes in Asia. Like I mentioned, done Malaysia so far. I've done Hong Kong and now um, yourself with Singapore. If you was to have a message for any of the people listening that are from the UK, America, Australia, why, what should they expect from watching Singapore Pro Wrestling and why should they check that out? Right. Um, I believe uh, why you should check out uh, Singapore Pro Wrestling is because uh, we have a very unique kind of wrestling flavor. We, we inject our own uh, local flavor, local mm. Southeast Asian flavor into pro wrestling. So it's uh in Singapore we have this term called rojak. So rojak it means like it's a it's a mix of different kind of uh food, you know, different yeah. kind of food from different cultures. So you know the taste is very unique and different. So yeah, it's the same for Singapore pro wrestling because you always need to expect the unexpected because sometimes we have a very local flavored uh, matches as well. I think I remember once we had like a angpao on the pole match. So angpao is these red packets that these you know like uh, the Asians give during our Chinese New Year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, we use like a uh, hardcore. Uh, can you imagine a hardcore match using durian? Yeah, something unique and different, right? So yeah, yeah I mean, uh, you know, uh, just give us a watch. You know, support the uh, Singapore Pro Wrestling and support the uh, Southeast Asia Pro Wrestling because 
you know, it's about the unpredictability, you know, in watch pro wrestling, it's about the unpredictability, and of course, um, there's a lot of talented wrestlers in Southeast Asia and Singapore, so please give us a watch, and of course, we are always welcome for feedback so that we can improve better as wrestlers, and of course, to improve better as a promotion, because uh, at the end of the day, we are all one big wrestling family. Thank you so no. much for us. No, 100%. Um, so, Andrew, like, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, it's been great talking to you. Like, your charisma is very infectious, like, when, <laughs> when, you, when we get going. So, it's been really enjoyable. Where can people find you on social media? Where can they find Singapore Pro Wrestling on social media? And where can they watch your work and the company's work? All right. Uh, you can watch our stuff on YouTube. Uh, just type Singapore Pro Wrestling. You'll be able to find uh, you can find you'll be able to find our channel, right? Uh, for Instagram, it's just at SG Pro Wrestling. Yeah, for my personal Instagram, it's at DN Statement T H E A N D Statement. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm not much of a Twitter guy, so sorry, Kurt. You know, I didn't reply a message because I don't really use Twitter. Yeah, because in Singapore, yeah. it's always Facebook and Instagram. So yeah <laughs> so uh just give us a follow watch our product and you know uh certainly hope once this uh COVID-19 situation is over we're able to perform if let's say we can't work inside the ring you know we'll, maybe we'll try like the government style of wrestling you know we'll do like uh empty arena matches or yeah we'll just definitely have more content on our youtube channel so yeah please give us the support because uh we'll do our best to support the whole pro wrestling business as well no oh, fantastic we're all one big family right yep yeah, no, hundred percent. Thank you for the time, man. Yeah. No, thank you for coming on. It's been great, and everyone. So make sure you follow Andrew Tang. You might not get much response on Twitter, like he just said, but make sure you follow him on Facebook and Instagram. And again, you can find me at Kurt's Angle Pod. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're listening on and watching on YouTube. If you're listening via the audio on Chairshot Radio Network, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you check out the interviews with Shukat for Malaysia Pro Wrestling with Ho Ho Lun for Hong Kong Pro Wrestling Federation. And if you don't hit that subscribe, we've got some more fantastic interviews from wrestlers and promoters from the Southeast Asian uh, wrestling scene. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always. Use your head.